keep doing what you're doing. I mean, as, as somebody in the media business, obviously, and uh, a person of color and a woman, I applaud you. You asked, you know, Thank you, you asked a, a tremendous amount of smart questions. And, and I, and I think you, you understand what's at stake. And if you keep asking the questions and you keep, you know, engaging people in the conversation, um, people are listening. And so if, if you ask the questions, people will listen. Joining me today on the Next Big Thing podcast is Deanna Brown, the former president of the Billboard Hollywood Reporter Media Group at MRC. Um, so you're here to talk about, you know, the, the music award industry and, you know, the controversies surrounding that recently. And thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So before we get started, I'd like you to sort of um, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got involved in the music industry, like what, what led you to where you are right now? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a journey for sure. Um, I started out of journalism school from the University of Southern California and moved into the media industry relatively young, uh, just out of university. And um, I really had a moment in time where I had to make a decision as to what industry. And I really remember very clearly that I said I could go into the music or film and television business, or I can go into the journalism or editorial or, or media business. And um, because uh, someone wise said to me, if you love the music business, uh, if, you love the mu- if you love music or the entertainment business, you'll stay out of the business of music and entertainment. So, and the rationale being is that the perception back in the day was that it was a very challenging business, uh, challenging for women, challenging uh, for the likes of, you know, uh, non-family or industry performing type executives. So I started with the New York Times Magazine Group, um, and I was in the media magazine business for a number of years, while always still staying close to the music, um, just because, you know, 90s hip hop and gosh jazz and a few other genres were near and dear to my heart and uh very early on in the digital media space i was fortunate to join uh condi nast and uh, mr cy newhouse himself asked me to sort of invent the internet at condi nast and so that was back in 1994. my career has been um change and modernization of media types throughout the uh, decades and it was very fortunate that I got reconnected to the music and the music business as well as the entertainment business through um, the likes of MRC, who at the time had uh, picked up operating rights to the publications you mentioned, Billboard and The Hollywood Reporter. And for me, it was a chance not just to reconnect with the music and film and television business, but also those are such iconic brands mm-hmm. that I felt like if there was any contribution I could make, it would be to, to sort of reimagine those and, and really sort of build. And so it was quite an honor to take on that responsibility. It was back in um, 2018 uh, that I engaged. And at the time, I had no idea what we were in store for right. um, in the next following three years, um, which was quite a tumultuous and, and very dynamic time in the business, mm-hmm. let alone the world, right? 
Mm -hmm. um, I was quickly moved into the digital business, which is obviously a very important part of media, but also a very important part of film and television and music. And I've always had the benefit of working with great people and great brands. What do you think, you know, from your observation and from being in there for, for, you know, a number of years, what do you think was missing at the time? You know, was it, you know, perhaps, you know, the lack of diversity or the uh, lack of representation of perhaps female artists? Like what, what do you think was missing at the time? Well, I think the business has always been um, a really dynamic business mm -hmm. that is uh, both driven by and I would also say contributes and drives culture. So in many ways, music globally will reflect the world that we're living in, as will entertainment, film and television. There, which makes it so interesting and why different genres at different time periods is sort of a, a cultural lens to consider what's happening in the world. Um, you mentioned a number of concerns that are very real, right? Which is the lack of diversity and inclusion, um, the lack of representation and equality uh, for the LGBTQ, let alone um, women um, in music, film, television, what have you. Mm -hmm. um, I think during my tenure at Billboard and The Hollywood Reporter, I was fortunate to work with some great people um, who were very much equally concerned, especially on the editorial side. And I had the opportunity to, to, to put in place, um, you know, the first black female editor of The Hollywood Reporter, as well as hire the first woman editorial director, right. editor in chief at Billboard. So I had an opportunity uh, through the resources and the thoughtful recruiting process we went through to really bring top executives to really reflect and to really address those issues. And so I think Hannah and Nikesa, um, you know, live with that and have been living with that as, you know, reporters and editorial editors and journalists in the business. And now they're empowered with those platform brands to really uh, bring to light what's happening. And in many cases, unfortunately, what's not happening. So mm -hmm. those are, you know, what it's missing, um, you know, I start from a position of strength. What it still offers the world is a, is a lens to consider what's happening in the world. And when you really listen to music and you really take a, a discerning eye towards some of the best television and film properties, you will see what the world sees and you will, and you will hear what communities and small you know, indigenous cultures and, and places that may or may not um, have their voice being represented, you know, in certain ways. If you listen to music, if you watch the films, you will see, in fact, that representation. You will see that. Mm -hmm. It's just not enough, right? So right. there is a strength there, um, but it's not enough. There's, there's by far the system works against those minorities. Persons of color, uh, you know, are non-binary and transgender um, artists and friends, um, and quite candidly, women. I mean, if you look right. at some of the work that Dr. Stacey Smith has done um, around the music business and around women in particular, just as one indicator, 
um, you know, when women are still only 20% of the top 100 artists, mm. um, the producers on the behind the scenes are less than less than 3%. Wow. Um, and it's not getting better, unfortunately. So while there have been in the last two to three years, some dedicated efforts to raise visibility mm-hmm. um, and in the inequalities, in the inequities, um, and there's inequalities and there's inequities, and those are nuanced, but those are valuable here. But, you know, women are single digit paid publishing rights slash um, songwriting as well. So it's just that the music business is just indicative of the entertain, larger entertainment set. But there is, and women are just, you know, I, I don't, I try not to, to prioritize one or the other, but you know, persons of color and what we've seen through the efforts of Rihanna and team around the show must be paused uh, as a reaction to George Floyd's um, murder, um, you know, and what we're seeing in Dr. Stacey Smith's research around women and, and what we're seeing in the LGBTQ community um, is still, still really sad, disheartening. Um, but leave it to these industries to be the, the people to rise up, right. the people to really tell this story and, and, and really broadcast that. And I'm particularly pleased um, as an alumnus of Billboard and The Hollywood Reporter at this point to, to point to the great work they're doing, right. you know, and, um, and the, the coverage they're making. I would also say my friends and colleagues at, at Penske Media, who are venture partners now with MRC on those publications, also have wonderful brands like Rolling Stone, um, Variety and such. They're also really deep into the coverage of these industries and really challenging the, the industries to, to make a difference. Right. And it's gonna take time, but I'm, I'm hopeful because they're, they're making a difference. They're bringing to light these stories. Earlier you spoke about, um, you know, how we, we need to listen to, you know, what's going on around us and, and that can be influential to the music as well. But I wanted to know attention to particularly the, the, the Grammys, you know, because that, that was controversial, you know, for example, The Weeknd called out the Grammys and saying that yes. you know, it, was, it was, you know, the process was, was rigged and, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. And, and what do you make of, of the sudden urge to, to now change it when they could have been doing these changes before? Yeah, I mean, I have to acknowledge um, the work that led up to the Grammys really acknowledging um, the problem that they have. And it's not unlike many of the you know, governing bodies of this industry that are candidly managed or run by white men, right, in particular. Mm-hmm. And they're not reflective of the community of listeners or viewers. They're not reflective of the artists and the community of, of people. Um, but the, unfortunately, a lot of the business is still being run by white men. It's unfortunate it had to take this long Mm-hmm. but it's here, right? It's here and it's now. And I applaud the artists who are, whether they're responding to sort of what they feel as unfair practices or the lack of their sort of celebration, like The weekend, or whether it's proactively like Drake and what he's done, he's a countryman of yours, and he, <laughs> um, 
you know, he's very, very public. Jay and Beyonce have been very public about what they feel, how they feel about the Grammy organization. And as president of the Billboard Music Awards, you know, I was constantly in discussion with the industry about, you know, their concerns and whether it was the Billboard Music Awards or whether it was the coverage in the pages of the magazine. And it wasn't a week that didn't go by that we were collectively sitting around a table, you know, talking about these concerns and issues. Because the industries, both of them have had their their ups and downs in the last 10 years. Um, and with that dynamism is an opportunity to do right. And I was also very proud of both of the brands and the teams who came to us at leadership and said, you know, we need to take a stance on these issues. You know, as an editorial organization or body, you know, but what was clear to both of the publications and all the uh, members of the teams was this wasn't a political issue. This was not a ideological issue. It was, right. a, it was an empirical concern. There was factual evidence to suggest that what was happening was not a particular person's opinion, but in fact, wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. And it was the belief at the time, which I very much applaud, that the coverage of the topic and dedicating more than fair use, but a tremendous amount of coverage and dedication to these topics, not just then, but ongoing, was the right thing to do. And uh, in the case of um, Black Lives Matters, it was pretty profound and it was very evident. Um, and the case of the LGBTQ community, um, again, The Hollywood Reporter did its first ever pride issue last year, and they broke crazy good news and did a brilliant job with Billy Porter and his um, acknowledgement of, you know, right. living, living positively. Um, and they do it in such an artful way, both, of course, literally visually, but they, they, they go deep and they, they, they've demonstrated a sheer sort of understanding of the issues. And so, you know, when these, when these artists or I guess actresses or anyone who calls out the industry, what should be the immediate step that should happen right after? I, I think the single biggest thing that should be the number one on everybody's list is full transparency. You, you really can't address these issues unless people know where you stand, right? As an organization, as a governing body to the industry, you know, and transparency is sometimes challenging because these industries have um, sort of been notorious for sort of sweeping stuff under the rug. And it's thankful to the, uh, to the artists themselves in particular, mostly, to, to really make, make a stance and to use their visibility and in effect their power to encourage both the media and consumers to sort of pay attention. I think the second thing that um, organizations can do, because unfortunately those, those minority cultures and communities are not in powerful positions, which speaks to the both systemic problems, um, and specifically racism in this case, um, is that people need to start listening to each other. Hmm. Um, then there needs to, there needs to be more and more active dialogue so that 
the voices can be heard. And then through hearing can be representation. And through representation, I think there's change. I want to go back um, for a second. You know, when these artists, again, um, or actresses call out the industry, there's also this like double-edged sword to it because they've sort of depended on these awards for recognition and with an industry that's, that's perhaps you know, giving them the, the recognition now they're calling, they're calling certain, certain issues out. Like, what do you make of that? The folks that are sort of putting their careers and their reputations on the line by coming forward for and raising these issues, I think fortunately is getting as much attention as them winning those awards. Whereas that didn't used to be the case. Mm -hmm. If someone spoke out against a, a governing body, um, that would be something that they would sort of sweep under the rug and we wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily hear about. Um, now, when someone speaks out, it's part of this bigger narrative. Um, they're as acknowledged for that as they are for perhaps that award. Many of these awards are, are voted on by, you know, again, unfortunately so, white, you know, male, um, and or just unfortunately not representative voices. So there still is that disparity in sort of what is consumer facing and consumer sort of success versus what is quote critical success mm -hmm. based on the critics. But I think many of the organizations, whether it's the Grammys, whether it's the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, whether it's even the HFPA at this point, they have been called out and they've been put on notice by many of the top you know artists in their fields and they have all made a commitment to diversification inclusion and and really even thinking differently about their organizations and their roles and i believe it to be very genuine but i'm like everybody waiting to see the change i've been in this business now almost four decades and oh. You know, change takes time. I'm hoping it's accelerated now. I'm hoping the things that I took note of in my own background, in my own journey, two decades ago is is now coming to bear, right? In my lifetime, a number of things have happened professionally and personally that make it a safer world in some ways, a more inclusive world in many ways. But I still feel like we have a long, long way to go. Who do you think can really change the industry itself? I think, especially I'd say in the music business, the artists and when I include the artists, or let's call it talent, which is songwriters, artists, singer, songwriters, performers, and their teams have a tremendous amount of leverage that they, they may not have had in the past because their fan bases have a way to connect to them and then ultimately a way to message to a broader community. So I think it's really incumbent on them to continue to voice where there feels like there's, they're being treated poorly or wrongly or their cohorts are not being recognized. So I think that they have an opportunity. That said, it's a very big business right now. It's music business is, is doing quite well um economically so with that we have to to watch for you know making sure that those voices are heard but i think it's probably a good time for a top artist to express how they feel and they can vote with their 
they can message how they feel through their work, right? Mm -hmm. Through their through their storytelling, through their participation, through their mm -hmm. showing up at award shows or not, through their accepting award shows or not, right? I think they can be bold. And I think they've been doing this for decades. I think the the time though is for it to inspire change. And do you think these music award shows are significant now? Like, do you think there's any significance towards them, towards the viewerships, towards the, well, maybe not the artist itself, but like, is there any significance with, with these shows now? I, I mean, I would say as an overall sweeping generalization that the recognition by the bodies and the consumption of people's art is still as important as it as or ever has been. I think it's a mistake to think that declining ratings on broadcast television is, in, is any indication that these are less important. I think being acknowledged by your peers, by the critics, by the just sheer consumption, which is where Billboard Music Awards are based on the data, right? I think that recognition is as important as has ever been. I think people are misunderstanding how people are hearing about and witnessing and celebrating those awards as an indication that it's less important. I think it's, it's as important as it's ever been. Because if you think about the number of artists and the number of platforms and the number of ways someone could to share their music or their film or television property, I mean, it's, it's extreme. There's never been so much access to so much content and, and artistry, right? Um, it's overwhelming as a consumer, but as a fan, right? But at the same time, that makes that recognition, whether it's by their peers in many cases, whether it's by their, the, the governing bodies, uh, the critics, um, that matters, right? It, it, it's, a, it's a statement on behalf of the work. Um, I think the format of the, the award show could be reinvented, right? And I think how we message that congratulatory type of affair can be altered, but I think it, it still matters as much as it ever did. And how do these, you know, these artists or songwriters, musicians, like how can they regain the trust back from the award shows? I, I would say in all fairness, the work is really not on behalf of the artist having to get respect back. I actually think it's just the opposite. I think the governing bodies need to earn the respect of the artists and ultimately of the consumers, right? When I read about some of the things that were happening at in the Grammy organization or even you know some of the other governing bodies and as a consumer but also as an executive in the business at that time and ultimately um, hearing the artists tell their stories I respect those artists more for coming forward because there's courage associated with that I think the work has to, is the onus of the change has to happen on the governing body side. I'm waiting for them to both respond, which they have, and be transparent, which they have, make changes both in the, their organizations, but how they think about voting to inclusion and what have you. Um, I want to see where they're investing their money, right? So these are, these, are, these are industry organizations that are very 
you know, well off and they have endowments and, and whatever, they need to invest those monies in things that will make, make a difference. Um, I think the onus is on the organizations, not on the artists, to regain trust. There are plenty of award shows out there and governing bodies and voting bodies. Right. Those who choose to do the work and listen and really be a part of the change are the ones that are going to be respected and are going to continue on. And, you know, going forward, you know, looking at perhaps, you know, the Grammys, for example, are there ways to now ensure, you know, that, that artists and musicians, songwriters can, can have a fair chance at these award shows without bias, without, without anything like that? Is there, is there a chance that uh, that, that can happen? There's a chance. Um, and I think there's a good chance because, again, I think we've acknowledged and we've brought out in the open these biases. All these organizations, and historically speaking, cultures have always had bias. That inherent biases are of the, in nature. What is difficult to combat is unconscious bias. Bias where we're not aware. Systemic bias where it's baked into the system. And so nobody, it's hard to call out a system, right? Right. Because, you know, it's easier to point fingers at an individual or a corporation, but it's hard to say this is, the system is broken. But now that there's an, a level of awareness, we have a fighting chance at getting those people in those organizations and those people around those organizations to hold those organizations accountable. It is where they spend their money. It is how they run their organizations. It's all of those factors there are indicators that we're aware of where we are biased and how our bias is affecting the ability for artists to be included from the conversation, let alone the award. You know, we have a fighting chance and it's through, it's through media organizations calling out these organizations, it's through the artists calling out these organizations. It's these organizations internally who have people who speak out to pay attention and make things happen. And really, if you're an organization that has historically just operated one way, really difficult to get up every day and re-examine those basic principles of how you've been operating a business or how you've been operating an organization. The first thing to do is really acknowledge it. And the second thing to do is bring new people to the conversation. So one of the things that I think is inspiring is many of these organizations are committed to representation in the voting body, in the organizations themselves that start to reflect what we need. Mm -hmm. And those parties that are still white and privileged or, you know, have a, a lens that is either masculine or, you know, heterosexual, those people are committed to acknowledging those unconscious bias, those systemic concerns they have. Um, and if they're not, they need to leave. Right? right, they're not going to help us, um, and I think we're in a place where people are not afraid to to say that. And you know, um, you know, as someone who's been in the industry for a while, where do you think where do you think we're headed? Where do you think the music industry itself is headed right now? I, I look at it in a couple different ways. First and foremost, we've got policy and legislation that is still in debate. Right, copyright, uh, trademark royalties, payments, you know, follow the money, right? There's legislation and there's policy that 
needs to be addressed relative to the rights of the of the creator of the the artist etc um we made some really big moves in the last decade with the copyright act but there's still in my mind more more discussion there i think people we talked a, a fair amount about putting the right people in a room who reflect the artists the audiences the industry and have a inclusive and a holistic point of view and recognize they have a lot of work to do and a lot of change to happen. Mm -hmm. And then I do think there's a little bit of what I what I have a difficult time articulating, but is this notion around process, right? Which is is like, you know, how what are the economics and the process at which the roles that that different entities play in the creation of film and television, the creation of uh, music, um, and then the sort of distribution of television, of music, and then there's then they get back to the economics, right? Which is what are the roles of these different bodies and these different platforms, you know? And and it is, you know, it's always a concern. Somebody who's a big fan of technology and and the digital evolution of media and entertainment, including music. I'm a huge fan of a lot of those platforms, but they have a lot of power. Something we're not talking enough about yet because we're too busy and we rightfully so need to be focused on some of those other areas, inclusion being one of them. We've got to think twice about these platforms, right? Because they are so dominant those platforms can change the what i would say is access for the artist for the community what have you the good news is i believe in fandom right, right. i believe in the fans showing up and fans will do everything in their power to truly um get to the music get mm -hmm. to the, the high quality products but when you have those dominant platforms i worry a little bit about them and their bias, right? Them right. and their unconscious business practices or otherwise that may keep, you know, may tilt the scale a bit. What the music business needs to do is really keep focused on the policies, mm -hmm. the people, and then ultimately I'd look at platforms and process. And I guess, you know, this touches a little bit on what you said too, is, you know, now that we're in this, in this time of change and this time of evolution and, and uh, inclusion, uh, where do we go from here? Um, operationally, as I said, as you meant, I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm taking a break from the day to day, but if I were running a company at this point that was day in day out in the music business, I would literally be hiring as many people to reflect the audiences and the talent in the industry and make and giving them access to the rooms the policies the dollars that you know empower them in a way listen to them have them share what i don't know because i'm happen to be white but i also happen to be female and i happen to be gay so you know i've got this sort of perspective that's different than the white straight male but right. i'm still not an artist and i'm not the the person that you know hasn't had access to rooms i've had access to rooms no one looks at my skin color and says oh you don't uh, you don't belong here but 
again, being a woman and being a gay woman in particular in this era, there have been times where I, I was better represented via voice than in person, right? Mm -hmm. And right. the first thing I would do is just look around the table and say, who's here? What do they represent? Where are they biased? Where are they unconsciously biased? And are we hearing from all sides, even if we don't want to hear what they are saying? Then you have to think about, and I would encourage you to everyone to rethink how they do everything. Because it, if they do that with an, with an open heart and an open mind, they are likely to make some really good fundamental change that needs to happen. It could be really small things. It could be really big things. Um, relative to the Billboard Music Awards, for example, uh, Dayton Thomas, who's the one of the early days Vibe founders and editorial directors, uh, became a consulting producer on the Billboard Music Awards as someone who represents Black artists his entire career from an editorial perspective. You know, he was a consultant in the award show to make sure that those voices were heard. The sister company, Dick Clark Productions, made the decision to, to take a look at their shows and bring in those voices to the table. Mm -hmm. And so credit to them to engage Daytuan in that in that sort of conversation. And you know, like you said as well, you know, there's an exciting time. It's also a, a very evolving time, you know, where we have this power and we have, a, 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 frankly, a lot more power to change. Um, yes. And I, and I certainly think that, that we can do it. Deanna, I just, I just want to thank you for your time today. I really appreciate, you know, our discussion and, and I certainly hope our, our listeners learned a lot from, from the industry behind the scenes. And yeah. um, I just thank you again for your time. I really well, appreciate it. Well, thank today. you. Keep doing what you're doing. I mean, as, <laughs> as somebody in the media business, obviously, and uh, a person of color and a woman, I applaud you. You asked, you know, thank you, you asked a, a tremendous amount of smart questions. And, and I, and I think you, you understand what's at stake. And if you keep asking the questions and you keep, you know, engaging people in the conversation, um, people are listening. And so yep. if, if you ask the questions, people will listen and you being here and on the air in this capacity is really important. So keep doing what you're doing as well. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you.